This Tailgate Society podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Deadeye Premium Barbecue Products. Born in Iowa and made in the heartland, Deadeye is your go-to source for everything barbecue. Sauces, seasonings, you name it. They've made a science out of great grilling flavor. It's more than a sauce. Whether you're cooking sliders, dogs, steak, or chicken, Deadeye has the explosive flavor needed to make every dish delicious. Try a splash of their sweet and smoky original recipe or turn up the heat with their Magnum Edition barbecue sauce. Both flavors are available in seasonings as well as sauces. So pick your favorite and prepare your taste buds for an unforgettable eating experience. Deadeye Premium Barbecue products are available at Fairway, Hy-Vee, Amazon, or at DeadeyeBBQ.com. Hello and welcome to Culture Check, a Tailgate Society podcast. Please check the TailgateSociety.com and subscribe to Tailgate Society podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I'm Arnold Woods. I've been shadow boxing for the last five hours, and I'm joined, as always, by Emily Cornell. Emily, what's up? You know, I haven't been shadow boxing. Um, the movie, I think that we watched Creed, and we had different experiences, which I'm excited to, like, talk about. I don't ever want to, like, start shadow boxing. I heard that you have your baby shadow boxing, so that My wife we're really into it. Did my wife tweet that? Uh, she messaged me oh my god okay <laughs> you should have seen so me we well I, I guess we can just get right into it we saw this movie together on a date oh so this movie came out i guess it would have been right after we got married because this movie came out thanksgiving of 2015 and we got married in september of 2015 okay so we went to we went to a date to see this movie and I was after the movie. I was shadow boxing the entire time, and she was very annoyed with me. <laughs> so, when I told her I, I was doing this one for this episode, she just outright rolled her eyes at me because she knew it was coming. So, yes, if you're listening, we are doing Creed. Creed is our movie tonight, released in t- 2015, directed by Ryan Coogler. We'll we'll talk a lot about the movie. We'll talk a lot about Ryan Coogler. Do you want to go into the summary of the movie? Yes. So uh, Creed follows the story of Adonis Johnson. He's the son of famous boxing champion Apollo Creed, who died in a boxing match in Rocky IV. And he, Adonis, wants to be a boxer like his father. Uh, the beginning of the movie kind of shows him as a child. And like he is in like juvie and Apollo Creed's wife ends up like taking him out of juvie and like essentially giving him this like better life. Right. Like he's no longer getting into trouble fighting people. And like both of his parents has, have like passed away. So he's like been in and out of like the system and he goes on to like, have like a normal job. It seems like he works in finance and it's boring and he does not like it. So he quits so that he can go on to become a boxer Um like Apollo. And so Adonis leaves LA and gets the help from former heavyweight boxing champion and friend of Apollo Creed, Rocky Balboa, who's now retired and really old. Um, and it takes some lots of asks and being a little extra for Rocky to agree to help um, Adonis and like he mentors and trains him and has him chasing chickens. And there's lots of like training scenes in this movie, which is probably why like a lot of women went and saw this movie, not to like 
stereotype people of my gender but like there are scenes that like probably women get more out of it than men um and then with rocky's guidance adonis goes on to be in a title match and face uh ricky conlon who is this very he's like undefeated and in liverpool and he's like kind of prickly he's not great but at the end after their fight he is nice to adonis kind of and that is Creed. It's a very good movie. Like the summary I just gave does not really do the movie justice. It's an incredible movie. It's a masterpiece, in my opinion. It's my favorite movie. As soon as I left the theater, as I was saying earlier, after seeing the movie, I was just like, this is my favorite movie. I love it for a number of reasons. Uh, this is a movie that you'd seen before, right? Yeah, uh, I didn't see it in theaters. I saw it like at home with my parents. Uh, it came out when I was in grad school. So I probably saw it like eight or nine months after it come out. I thought you were about to say eight or nine times. I was like, dang, you really did. No, <laughs> I saw, I think, three or four movies in grad school total. One of them was Get Out. And I think one of them was Creed. Like, I did not watch a lot of movies. Okay. Yeah. So, was this your first time rewatching the movie since you've seen it? I and think rewatching it in whole. Like, I've seen, like, I'll watch, like, bits and pieces of it. This is the first time I just, like, have sat down and watched it again. And I forgot, like, just, like, how good the movie is. Like, it's such a good story. It's very well developed and um, the casting is so good. And the like, just the, the entire experience of watching this movie is pleasant. I don't love the fight scenes because like, I don't like the blood, but like, even that it's not too graphic. Yeah. Do you watch this movie regularly because it's your favorite movie? Yeah, I haven't watched it in full in a while, but I, I watch clips of this a lot. Specifically, when I'm when I'm working out, I listen to the score, which I will talk about a little bit later. But clips of this are just I'm I'm constantly watching clips of this movie on YouTube, to the point that rewatching it in full, I was I was still, you know, today I did that, and I was I'm still pretty familiar with the movie just because, at least a couple of times a week, there's some scene that I'm watching. There's some training montage that I'm watching. There's some bit of dialogue I'm watching between Adonis and Rocky or between Adonis and Bianca. So this is one of the movies, this is the movie that we've done so far that I'm the most familiar with and that I was the most comfortable rewatching from the perspective of talking about it tonight. Like I could have not, I could have not rewatched it today and still felt comfortable talking about it tonight like right now with you so i'm glad that i did like i wanted to but this i'm very familiar with this movie i love this movie a lot let me ask you i guess are you a boxing fan what's your what's your history with boxing as a sport in general i guess not not the biggest boxing fan um it it probably goes with like the blood piece of it and i don't really like uh seeing people just get beat up um with that said like when I was in college I worked in um college athletics and so I'd work at wrestling duels and I really enjoyed it but I didn't enjoy the blood (laughs) I'm like oh 
yikes, we need to have less of that. So um, that's kind of where any type of like combat sport, I'm just like, ah, if we could somehow just like not have concussions and bleeding and teeth knocked out, this would be a great sport to watch (laughs) a lot. (laughs) Um, Talk through our problems instead of... Like, I get, like, the, no, the the punching is fine. It's just, like, can we just, like, don't, like, punch someone so hard that, like, you rupture their spleen. Right. Or, like, hit their face so hard that their eye swells over so they can't see out of it. Like, that, that really stresses me out I, for, like, no good reason. Um, and that's fine. Um, what is, like, what's your experience with boxing, like, outside of this movie? I'm a boxing fan. I used okay. to be very immersed in boxing when I was younger. I grew up watching boxing with my with my dad. And so my relationship to boxing is one of like loving it as a child. And then through probably through my first couple of years of college, I was really, really into boxing. And I've kind of fallen off my fandom a little bit, just in general with with a lot of sports. I've I've I'm not as intensely captivated by and and follow sports as closely as I did in general when I was younger, as I did when I was younger, but I'm, I'm a big boxing fan. I remember vividly in fifth grade, Felix Trinidad fighting Oscar De La Hoya and Felix Trinidad beat Oscar De La Hoya. Um, De La Hoya was undefeated up to that point. And that fight was September of 99. And again, I'm I'm in I'm in fifth grade and I watched that fight and the next day at school or whenever I went back to school, that fight might have been on, on like a Saturday night or something like that. And so Monday, I remember going to school and talking to people, talking to my classmates, like, did you see that fight? Like Trinidad beat it, Delahoya, Delahoya was undefeated, and you know, Trinidad beat him. And I was so excited to talk about it with my classmates, and like none of them knew what I was talking about. Mm. everyone I kind of got blank stares and like no I was so excited to, to talk about it and like no one I got no response from that and that was the first time that I was kind of like oh okay maybe boxing is more of a um specialized sport in terms of fandom than than I'm realizing or at least for you know 10 year olds so that's kind of like that's that's an, an encapsulation of my boxing thing like it's something that Again, I grew up watching it with my dad. My dad was a was a big boxing fan. is a, is a big boxing fan, and you know he's my dad is. There's an age gap between my dad. My dad is 42 years older than I am. So, a lot of like just older. You know, I think that boxing is more of an older man's sport at this point in 2020. Right? There's not a lot. Of, I don't think that there's a, a lot of young boxing fans. To your point about the brutality of fighting, I guess, uh, which I understand your point completely. Cause like, I'm not really in MMA. So yeah. MMA is like more of a young person's thing now. And yeah. I, that's a little bit too brutal for me, but I am, but I am a boxing fan. And so a movie like this, that's such, you know, I consider to be one of the best boxing movies ever. And we'll talk about its connection to the Rocky franchise in a second, but you know, this it's a boxing movie. It's a, it's a movie about fathers and sons and the connection that boxing brings between a father and a son. And so for that reason, I'm, I'm certainly, you know, those those deeper themes really resonate with me. And so watching the movie and now this is this is the first time that I've watched the movie in full since I've become a father. I have two kids now. I have 
a daughter and a son. And so from that, the parental perspective, my daughter already likes boxing, or at least she knows what it is. So oh, good. when I was watching it, she was like, can I watch boxing with you? And I kind of had to explain that it was a movie, which was difficult. But yeah, <laughs> I'm boxing. And in, in terms of the Rocky franchise, have you seen that? Are you familiar with that at all? Or what's your relationship to the franchise this is kind of like a spinoff of the of the rocky franchise or a continuation of it however you want to say but like what's your relationship to the rocky movies so i'm a terrible movie watcher in that i've never seen rocky um it was not like i think my parents have seen rocky i can't imagine they haven't but like movies that we would rewatch when i was a kid were like star wars the princess bride this is probably why i don't watch anything that's super violent <laughs> it's because of what i watched as a kid so like um i of course know about the rocky movies and like people love them and people love sylvester sloan and all that um but i feel like when creed came out when i heard that creed was coming out i was like okay cool michael b jordan's in a movie like that's all i heard from it like I was like, ah, I'm going to see it for that reason. Um, and because I, like I said, I watched it with my parents. They were like, oh, like they made another Rocky movie. And I'm like, no, it's Creed. And they're like, yeah, like Apollo Creed. And I'm like, no, like this movie is called Creed. <laughs> and they're just like, you're dumb. This movie is one of the Rocky movies. I'm like, oh, like, I guess, I don't know. I've never seen Rocky. Um so for folks judging, listening to this right now, I'm sorry. I cannot help the environment I was brought up in. Have you seen Rocky? Yeah, the first Rocky actually won Best Picture, I think, in like 1976. And like Rocky is the movie that, you know, Stallone, I think, wrote the movie. I don't know if he directed it or not, but I know he at least wrote the movie and it kind of catapulted him into stardom. I haven't seen yeah. the movie in years uh the rocky movie i'm most familiar with honestly is rocky 4 which is this is kind of an offshoot of that rocky 4 is when apollo creed is killed in the ring by ivan drago and so i'm, I'm familiar with that movie and it's very you know over the top it's a 80s boxing yeah america versus russia you know rocky balboa is gonna defeat communism by himself and win the cold mm. war movie and yeah it's um to make this movie kind of a descendant of that movie is just so interesting. And and when you talk about, I want, I want to talk about Ryan Coogler for a second, if that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you mentioned him and you know, I was the same way when I, I remember after Fruitvale station came out, which I, I'm going to talk about briefly here, but he makes Fruitvale, Fruitvale station with Michael B. Jordan in that movie. It's, it's an independent film and it's, it's really successful and it kind of, puts Ryan Coogler on the map and Michael B. Jordan was known from, you know, he's on the wire. I knew him more from Friday night lights and, you know, he, so he'd done television work and I think he'd done a few movies, but created or um, Fruitvale station is the one that it, it put Ryan Coogler in a position to make this movie. Fruitvale station was his first movie. And then he, I read in entertainment weekly, I think that he was developing a film about the son of Apollo Creed and it was going to be like a Rocky movie. And I'm just like, why would you do that? You know what I mean? I'm like, you were Fruitvale station is just an incredible movie. And it was so emotional and so gut wrenching and so well made. And 
the decision to go in the direction of like trying to resurrect the Rocky franchise was was wildly um, different than what I anticipated him doing, or frankly, what I wanted him to do. So I was very skeptical of it, but I saw the trailer for the movie and it got me hyped and I saw the movie and I, and I loved it. And so that this is the movie where I'm like, you know, Ryan Coogler is the one. So what do you, do you, give me your thoughts on Coogler, I guess. Ryan Coogler is the director of the film. Um, he is, I think he's three years older than me. So he's 34, 34 year old Oakland filmmaker. Have you seen Fruitvale Station or what do you, what are your thoughts on Ryan Coogler? So I've read your article about Fruitvale Station um, and it's on my list of like movies to watch. Um, I think like for Ryan Coogler, Black Panther was probably the first movie that I was like, ah, yes, Ryan Coogler is the director of this film. Um, which is not great. Like, and I understand that, um, that I'm like, Oh yeah. Like I know him from this movie that like was really big and, and black Panther, like is, it's a good movie, but I don't think it's going to be like his defining work just because of it being part of like this larger thing. Um, it seems like he's pretty intentional in what he creates and, like I said, like the storyline of this movie of Creed is like very interesting. Like I feel like a lot of sports movies can just kind of lean on like, okay, we're going to overcome. We're just going to overcome this and everything's going to be better. We're going to overcome like this really awful thing. Like we're going to fight the Russians. Like what? No, that's not how this works. Like, Let's be real. You're not going to solve all the issues of the world by um, beating this one team or this opponent. Um, and it doesn't feel like that watching this movie. It, and I, and I think like just the way he created the story, it is like more than that. So that is my, I'm going to catch up on, Ryan Coogler movies. I'm going to catch up on movies in life. Like, let's be real. I'm going to be in my house for the next eight months. So, um, yeah, that's kind of like where I'm at with Ryan Coogler. Like, I know you're pretty excited about him. I am. Yeah. So the good thing for you, I guess, is that there's only, <laughs> those are the only three movies he's made. So it's just been Black Panther, Creed, and then Fruitvale Station. So his, like kind of rise to prominence. Like he, he was able to make Black Panther because of these first two movies. Yes. So he's kind of on that like tr upward trajectory of starting with the, the first small film that gets a lot of good buzz. Then he's able to step into a studio film like Creed and kind of take a, an established franchise in a, in a new direction. And then he gets the call up to, you know, big budget Marvel film, Black Panther, which makes a billion dollars and, gets nominated for best picture and, and things like that. He is to me, he's the, he, as someone who loves movies and who is invested in, in storytelling and, and black storytelling, he's like, he's the one, he's the guy, he's, he's the North star for, for me, I guess, especially for, with him being so young. Yeah. Again, he's a couple years older than me. If you watch interviews with him, I encourage you, to seek out on YouTube clips of him giving interviews 
because he has like the thickest Oakland accent that you can ever imagine. He's like, it's like listening to Marshawn Lynch or like, or 40 or something like his, 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 his Bay accent is very thick and he's just very authentic. He's this authentic, you know, this, you know, mid thirties black dude. Who's just, I mean, he makes, he made Fruitvale station when he was like out 27, maybe that's his first film out of film school. He went to USC film school and he's a guy that had a, you know, a high school football career, a college football career. And then he decided he wants to be a filmmaker and he's the one that I'm, that I'm looking for, that I'm, that I'm hitching my wagon to his ability to tell these stories and to go from Creed to black Panther, you know, one of the biggest cultural moments of the past decade. Yeah. I think that he has, you know, he's at a, a point in his career now where he can basically do whatever he wants. And I know that he's trying to, invest in other black filmmakers yeah. um they're cool to creed which i haven't seen i think you've seen creed too i've only seen the first 20 minutes it's i'm probably gonna watch it tomorrow because of watching creed today i was like oh my gosh i forgot how good this movie is right. so i haven't seen creed too just because i'm like so you know creed is so perfect i'm just like afraid to like and i've heard that creed 2 is good i'm just you know i just i, I love get it, it. But like Creed Two, I think he produced it. He didn't direct that movie, but there's the, he handed it off to another black director named Stephen Cable, I think. So yeah. I, he's you know he's in, he's invested in in fostering black filmmakers and you know putting black actors into into prominent roles. You know Michael B. Jordan is kind of his guy. Um, he was Oscar Grant in Fruitvale Station, which um, thank you for reading the article. That was that's the piece of writing that I've done in my life that I'm the proudest of that one kind of just poured out of me. So um, shout out to Tom Danielson, formerly at TGS, who asked me to to write something <laughs> in the wake of, that was in the wake of the Philando Castile shooting um, by police. And so here we are, you know, however many years later doing the same things. But uh, yeah, he's that's the only movie that I've ever cried at in the theater. And it, the filmmaking was so emotional and so... Um, so poignant and so resonant with me. And then, so to get into this movie after seeing it, I was just like, I, whatever movie this man makes, I'm going to, I'm going to see it. So shout out to Ryan Coogler. He's, he's incredible. This movie is incredible. So we're circling on Michael B. Jordan, Michael B. Jordan's performance specifically in this film. So he is the son of Apollo Creed. He's a Donish Creed. Watching him, you mentioned the training montages. You know, he's he's in his shirt. He's got his shirt off a lot of the movie. Yep. You mentioned <laughs> he's, uh, but you 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 talked about how he you know he quits his job and his arc of you know kind of striking out on his own and trying to find that balance between forging his own legacy and, and respecting and honoring and, and following in the path of his father and things like that. What were your thoughts about Michael B. Jordan's performance? What were you thinking while you were watching him on the screen? What did you, what are your thoughts on him? So I was thinking about how, and like, I don't think I've seen him in, any, in anything where he's not being serious. Um, and maybe a year ago, I listened to him do an interview with Bill Simmons on the Bill Simmons podcast. And he like seems so like laid back and like chill. But I'm like, in every single like film I've seen you in, you're just like the most intense person. So in... Um, in Creed, like I, I like him in it. I think 
Adonis Creed is just like a very complex character. Like he has a lot going on. He's like, he's trying to build his own like legacy. Um, He like at first is very hesitant to like be attached to the Creed name when he's trying to like make it in boxing. And like, he's trying to fly under the radar, even though he knows he needs to work with Rocky. He doesn't like, they're not trying to tell people who he is. And, um, and then just like the relationships that, cause there aren't like a lot of major players in this film. Like you see who Adonis interacts with primarily. So it's Rocky. Um, it's his like adoptive mother and it's Bianca. So like, all of those are very intense relationships and he, I think he does really well. Like I don't ever feel like he's being like super is sometimes in fairly serious and sports movies, things can be very like corny. You're just like, okay, like I get it, but like, I don't know. I don't love it. So there's never a time where I'm like, wow, like this is just really not a great performance. Like I feel like he does a really great job in this movie um and like any movie that I've seen him in but that's why we we picked him for this or we picked this movie and him for this uh episode yeah exactly <clears throat> excuse me exactly this is his in my opinion this is his best performance in a movie is this movie he's Agreed. he's in a lot of the movies that he's in he's kind of or roles in general I haven't seen The Wire. I know that he's Wallace on the on the Wire, and he's spoiler alert. Even though I've never seen it, like he gets killed in that show, and he's you know he's a teenager, and when he when he does that role, and his death is kind of a kind of a watershed moment for 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 that series. And he talks about how he still you know people still come up to him on the street today talking about Wallace from The Wire. But he's he's in his roles. He's kind of become this avatar for like young black male angst yeah he's certainly that in this movie you know he plays oscar grant in fruitvale station who oscar grant was was killed by oakland police in in uh in 2009 and that movie is just like a day in the life movie it's his last 24 hours alive so he's you know he's does stuff with his mom and he's you know kind of fighting with his girlfriend and he's you know just trying to do everyday stuff but he's um he's the average black male in that movie and you know the average black male young has a lot of anger in him and so you see the young actor who plays Adonis in the beginning just that moment that interaction that he has with Felicia Rashad after he's in the fight in juvie and Felicia Rashad comes into into his um, cell and talks about how she wants to take him in. And you see that little moment where he has his, his fist clenched really tight and the camera pans in and he realizes that she's here to help him and wants to take him in. He, his fist kind of softens a little bit, right? He's, he's releasing some of that angst and that anxiety. Mm-hmm. That's, kind of a, that's kind of a recurring theme in the movie where, you know, this is a guy who, who lost his father before he was born and is trying to find himself in a lot of ways, find himself professionally, find himself emotionally, find himself in terms of the relationships that he has with people. Like you said, his, his, all of his relationships are intense, his relationship with his girl, his relationship with Rocky, his relationship with Marianne. And 
you know, there's a lot of inner inner turmoil that goes with that. And he has interaction with Rocky later in the movie where Rocky says some, some dumb stuff to him, right? Rocky is hurting. And so Rocky is reeling from his cancer diagnosis. So he says some things to Adonis in a way that he's kind of lashing out at him, not in a, a loud way physically, but just like emotionally he lashes out, right? We're not really family. We're not really, you know, this is all fake. And so, he takes that to heart. And so he gets into, he gets into it with Bianca's, um, the person who's going to open the show for her, that rapper, whatever, like they, they get into a tiff because he's hurting. Like there's a lot of hurt and a lot of, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm going off right now, but a lot of young black men aren't taught how to process trauma or process their emotions. And so they lash out and, Michael B. Jordan kind of does that in a lot of these movies. He does it in this movie. Certainly we see it with Killmonger, another another yeah. guy who loses his father young. And so he has to try to navigate the world with pain and hurt and trauma that he doesn't know what to do with. And so I understand that. I understand that experience. I, I've lived that experience. I'm still living that experience to this day. So to see that portrayed you know, in a movie theater or in, in a, as I'm watching this now and understanding the context that a lot of people are seeing this, it, it, it just resonates with me to see that experience portrayed on screen. So I think that he's phenomenal in this movie. And I think that his, the emotional beats that he takes in this movie are, are really good. I know that we've talked a little bit about Bianca and I'm sure we're going to talk with her about her more, but like, what were your thoughts as you saw him like kind of navigating the different relationships that he has in the movie. Like, how do you think that he portrayed that? I think that it just shows. So, you know, when he is just trying to like build the relationship with Bianca, like it's very, you see a wide range of emotions in like any of these relationships where he's just like unsure and he like, when he understands when he gets into the fight with like the headliner for her show, like he is trying to explain it to her, like I, how he feels. And um, then with like Rocky where, so like shifting where it's still in that, like feelings, like very uncertain, like, the character is very uncertain. It's like afraid of being abandoned essentially. And so he plays it so well, like depending on the relationship, like how he's reacting to Bianca versus like Rocky. And even though it's, it's two very different situations, but where she like, doesn't want to talk to him because he went off and like, she was unhappy, like rightfully so. And he's like, yeah, like you can be mad, but like, can we just talk? And then like Rocky, where he's just like, he kind of, he understands that Rocky was going through it too. So he, you know, goes and helps him and Rocky gets the, the cancer treatment. So I think to be playing in those very stressful and like, very specific stress type roles like he he navigates it well and differently and like that's the important thing is that he's not just like okay this character is stressed let me just like kind of take this same energy of angst into every single scene like no like it depends on like what's going on with 
the other person like I think it he reads it well like with the various character or other actors like he performs well with them I don't ever think there's a time where I'm like man Michael B. Jordan just like didn't perform or like the other person like seemed to be kind of washed out like I think it was a strong cast of people um so yeah obviously I think that the relationship with Bianca they're trying to like build on that and like I well that's my assumption because of the first 20 minutes of the second movie she is in it so I'm like well she matters you make such a good point about him having these different relationships with people and you know to me I think that he's he's trying to he's reaching for something with his relationship with Rocky right like he's yes a father and Rocky is this guy who was very close to his father and who knew his father very well. And so he's kind of, you know, he calls him Unc. You know, he's the he's the surrogate father figure in a lot of ways. Yes. That's not a relationship that he really knows a lot about. And so he pours himself into the relationship very quickly at the beginning and they become close very quickly. But then the first issue that they have right? Where one of them says something dumb, one of them being Rocky in this, in this situation, he says some stuff that he doesn't mean because he's hurting. And then, you know, Donnie, since he doesn't have that relationship or he doesn't know what that relationship looks like, he takes it very personal, very quickly in the same way that he, you know, had an affinity for him very quickly. He also is, is quick to, to be offended really quickly. And so, when Rocky comes back to apologize when he's in the jail cell, like he lashes right back out at him. Um, Donnie lashes right back out at, at, at Rocky. So that it's just played so well, like you said, but with Bianca, you know, he's, there's that scene where he, it's revealed that he's Apollo Creed's son. And so they kind of get into it over that, but he has more, and she, she asks him about like how many women he's, he's been with before her. And he kind of like brushes it off. Like just, you know, it's, it's implied that he's, you know, dated a lot of women or, or, or been with a lot of women or whatever. So he's more familiar with what that relationship looks like, but with her, it's different, right? Like he says, like, I feel differently about you than I do the other women that I've been involved with. So he has to navigate that in a new way, but he at least has some kind of framework, yeah. some frame of reference to um, understand the relationship you know, a, a romantic relationship more so than a, than a parental relationship from a, from a fatherly side. So I agree with you. He's, he, he plays both of those things so well. We, we've talked a lot about Bianca, played by Tessa Thompson, who is, you know, wonderful in this role. What, do you, what are your thoughts on Tessa Thompson in this movie? I like her a lot. I like that her character, I was thinking about that. So with each of these movies, I kind of think about them in comparison to the last one that we talked about just because it's pretty fresh and I'm like, okay, um, what, what is working in this film that didn't work in the last one? And Creed, I think again, pretty much a perfect movie. Um, I like that one Tessa Thompson, she like is a presence. Like she, there isn't a time that I'm like, oh, she pales and doesn't matter like on the screen. Like she, she shows up and it's really great. But I also can appreciate that the character was written to be, like, a strong character. Like, she knows that she is losing her hearing and, like, 
that becomes kind of like that is a thing where they discuss like her hearing loss and how she is learning sign language and um like she's a musician so like what does that look like for her like it none of it is in the context of like oh how does her life somehow supplement what's going on in Adonis's life like that's not it she has her own life and she's just kicking it and um I don't know I like that I like that while it is a supporting character it she as a character exists independently um like same as Rocky like it would be very bizarre if they were like oh Rocky is gonna somehow just be a prop in the movie like that would be a terrible movie we wouldn't watch the movie we wouldn't talk about the movie um and especially because there are just a handful of people that are very significant in the film that it is important that um Bianca is written to be a strong character with her own like hopes and dreams that are like not necessarily Adonis yeah, the movie kind of has a, a bit of a meta moment with that, where it's kind of commenting on the typical sports or typical, you know, movie in general, where the the woman character is kind of just serves to be a motivating presence for the male character. Yeah, like that that the argument that I referenced before, where she finds out that he's Creed's son, and she he hadn't told her that because of. You know, in this world, you know, Creed is a, is a really famous boxer and so is Rocky. And so he explains to her again, like she asks him, you know, like, be real with me. He's like, I'll be 100% with you with everything. And so she asks him about his previous relationships and he's like, you know, you're different. And he says, like, you motivate me. And she's like, oh, well, am I just, that's it? Like, that's the only reason that you like me? He says, I, mo- I motivate you, you know? Yeah, she, he, the, she's, he's introduced to her on her terms, right? Like he goes downstairs, he hears her music, she's working on her career. That's the the context in which he meets her. It's not, you know, he's not boxing and he sees her in the crowd. You know, it's it's her her passion is what introduces him to her. And so just from that jumping off point, like we see things from her perspective. We see her doing a show, you know, she's the one that takes him to to dinner and, you know, she chooses where to go because she's from Philly and they have that, you know, that date that's, you know, everything, <laughs> their relationship is really on her terms. And that's not something that you really see a lot in movies like this. Yeah. And they're, you know, they're so, there's that scene where he's taking her hair down, right? He's, he's taking out her braids. Like, I don't know if I've ever seen something like that in a, in a, uh, a movie of this magnitude no you know that's that's pretty unique and again that goes back to ryan coogler understanding the black experience understanding how relationships work how black relationships work and how um you know it's it's a it's a natural progression of how these people meet they're not going to meet and then he starts boxing and then he you know dominates the relationship that's not the way it works so it's just it's really well done in my opinion i agree and yeah, that's it was so nice after last week where all the women props just there's props. You're so right. Yeah. When you talk about how it's, you know, comparing it to the last movie, it's pretty night and day. 
in terms of how women are treated in this movie compared to compared to bad boys. Yeah, even the women that were not in the movie, but when Rocky talks about Adrian, like it's and when he goes to like her to the cemetery, like it's just very everything is different when it comes to how the women characters are treated and talked about and just like used in the film as part of the film, like the storytelling. So um, Ryan Coogler just like hits it out of the park with this movie. What did you think of speaking on, I guess on the same on the topic of, of women in the film, what did you think of Felicia Rashad's performance as Marianne, as uh, Apollo Creed's widow and, she has to take in this child who is, you know, the product of an affair of her husband. So what did you think of Phyllis Rashad in this movie? So I'm like thinking about like her character. I'm just like, it'd be so nice to have more of her in it just to understand. Um, I think it didn't like fully process when I like or register when I first watched the movie um, a couple of years ago where I was just like, Oh, like this woman is, going and she's like yeah like I was married to your father but I'm not your mom but you can come live with me and like that it was just so quick like that happening in the beginning of the film so like it wasn't like a huge focus but like watching it now and like when it's the you know when he's in Liverpool and he's like oh my mom's probably pissed (laughs) um it's just like I can't even get into like uh, the headspace of that character where how she was like, Oh yeah. Like I know that my husband who died boxing had an affair, had a child, the child's mother died. Let me go take care of that. Like it's, I mean the right thing to do. Um, Not, not to say that like she had to do it. Like there, the movie could have been completely different. Like he could have, I mean, or like the story, like the story could have been that he had, kind of been in and out of you know foster homes and like it could have been almost the story that people would expect if that makes sense yeah and so I like the character and I like that it kind of pushes the story in a way that um in major films in like movies that everyone sees you don't always see for someone of color. So like, that's cool that you can see like, oh yeah, like (laughs) it's not just a white character that can come out of like a very terrible situation and thrive. Like he could have happily been working at a bank or whatever it was he was doing um, all because of this woman. And so I, I like what she does for the story and I like that she's part of the story um and the actress is great like everyone every actor and actress in this film does a great job so like it I guess I'm just sad again like I said that there isn't more of her in it yeah I I see what you mean I I agree I wish that there was more for her to do in the movie she's has a relatively small role but she makes such a, a big impact on the movie yeah for a number of reasons. I remember seeing the movie for the first time and she's introduced 
right from the beginning. And it's 98. It's 1998. And she comes in and it's just like, she has, she looks a lot like my mom. So which was kind, of, um. kind of threw me off. Like she's weren't like my mom was a teacher. My mom was a, uh, was an educational like consultant in the nineties. And, you know, they have her makeup in a way and her, she's dressed in a way. And it's like, she looked a lot like my mom and then it brings the present day and she looks like my mom looks now. So it's, it was just, it's really crazy. But I think that she, she serves as a, as a, as the grounding relationship for him in the movie. Like she's the one relationship that he has that's solid. Yeah. From the beginning. And they play it in such a way where I think it's so smart for what the way that they did it. And it goes to what you said about um, as as far as him like navigating these different relationships. And again, it's based on who he's interacting with, but it's so, you know, he could have, it could have easily been, he, his relationship with her is strained too, right? Yeah. It had easily been like, you know, he's still however old he is now, right? In the movie, he's like late 20s, early 30s. And it could have easily been, you know, you're not my real mom, blah, blah, blah. But it's it's not that, right? Because he's she's raised him from when he was however old, you know, 11, 12 years old. Like they have a mother-son relationship. He says at the end of the movie when he's getting interviewed after the fight, you know, I want to thank my mom. He doesn't say I want to thank Marianne, you know, like that's his mother. Yeah. And she serves as, you know, we we understand that he can have a good relationship with someone if the relationship is is fostered and it's given time. Yes. As as opposed to if he didn't have that relationship and like you said, like if he had only been bouncing in and out of um group homes from the time that he was a child, then you know, by the time he's an adult he doesn't know what a solid relationship looks like with anyone. Yeah. So kind of, you know, that again, like you said, like it would be a different movie, but we know that he has the opportunity to build solid relationships with people. We know that he can build a solid relationship with Rocky. We know that he can build a solid relationship with Bianca. We know that he can learn to trust them and learn to um, understand that they're invested in his success and that they care about him because he has his relationship with, uh, with Felicia Rashad's character. So I think that she he, she kind of anchors him in a bit, and it's not in a way that's like, um, she she doesn't get the short of an end of the stick in terms of not being developed. I think that she's a developed character. I just wish that she had been able to be given more to do. Yes, I agree with you, one hundred percent. I don't I don't know how she could have just like gone to Philly, but that would have been dope if she had. Is she in the first 20 minutes of Creed 2? Um, no. I don't want to tell you what happens in the first 20 minutes, but it's really mostly um, Michael B. Jordan and Tessa Thompson at a fight. Okay, cool. Yeah. I know. I'm going to get to it eventually. I'm not just, you know. <laughs> and it's not going to... Creed 2 can't... Whatever happens, it's, I'm sure it's good. If it's great, great. If it's not as good as Creed 1, that's fine too. It's not going to diminish anything from Creed. Creed is an incredible, masterful masterful work of art. And it also sets it, like, I feel like watching it, like, you know that they're going to make more after it. 
and it one does really good character development and like not in a super long drawn out way like you have all these things happening and it probably it is because you're watching Adonis like navigate those different relationships and grow through that like you're like oh yes he's developing as a person so then there are going to be other films and like well there's this is a spoiler alert podcast so like when he like loses the fight in Liverpool like you know that he's gonna like come back for another movie like you can't just end and I think that's what I love the most about this movie is the ending um like I love any movie that doesn't end how a movie quote-unquote should end like I love the ending of La La Land different podcast different story but like I like the ending of it because it's just not what people are wanting so with this like you want your hero to win and he doesn't and it's like okay like that's realistically you still want to get behind him and like he there's going to be another movie and he's going to go win well I don't know if he wins in the next movie because neither of us have seen it yeah I think that I I kind of anticipated him losing this one because the first Rocky he loses Mm. Um, it's. I'm pretty sure he loses. At least I'm trying to let me make sure. Uh, sorry, y'all. Yeah, Rocky loses the first movie, so that's why I I anticipated Creed losing in this film. But uh, you know, it's kind of like they both go down swinging, and it's 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 the way it's supposed to be, right? Like Conlon is is pound for pound like the best fighter in the world so it's like it'd be unrealistic if if creed came through and and won his first major fight like that but um yeah i agree it just it's it's so you know every storytelling note works every yes. story note makes sense and so that ending i think just makes it makes perfect sense i guess this is a good segue really quick i don't have this in the outline but like what did you 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 said that it's you know you're not a big boxing fan you don't like the blood and everything like this or everything like that and i know that they did a great um i think makeup wise they just did a good job of like making the cuts look real and the swollen yeah what did you think of like the boxing scenes i thought that they were really well done like there were like some parts after they go on after a certain amount of time, I kind of like look somewhere else. Cause I'm like, I just can't like watch another person just hitting another person, even though it is just a movie. Um, but the, the style wise, like the way it was shot um, was like very enjoyable to watch. Like it just was in general, I feel like it got the the feeling of like a boxing match and like the pageantry that goes with any sporting event. Like, I think it was just overall, it was shot so well. Um, and as someone who does not watch boxing, I'm like, this seems like this is what boxing should look like. From what I understand, like, this seems good. Um, and that's drawing from, like, what I've seen, the very little that I've seen of MMA, because that is what people watch. And I'm like, yep, we can't watch this. This is just too intense. 
Um, yeah. Like, do you feel watching it? Like, Cause you are a boxing fan. Do you feel like the scenes are done in a way that like kind of give the sport justice or does it like, is it too stylized and like over the top? Overall, they're great. Okay. They are, um, they're really well done. And you know that there's, there's certain scenes where you can tell that, you know, they're pulling punches and everything like that and it's fake, but there's a couple ones that are real. And I remember seeing um, an interview with them with Michael B. Jordan. He was talking about how like Sylvester Stallone made him like take a punch, like that last punch that Conlon gives him when he's on the ground and then he gives, you know, you see the images flashing through his head and then he like gets up all of a sudden, like that was a real punch. And he really got like knocked out like that. Oh yeah. So it's, it, uh, there's a lot of that. It's like, it's intermixing the, the real with the fake and it's, it's done in a really, a really effective way. I remember watching the movie for the first time and I was watching the scenes and I was watching it like I was watching a real fight. And I was just like, in my head, you know, I'm just like, he's not, you know, his left is too low. He needs to get his left up, like stuff like that. And then I had to like remind myself, like, this is a movie dummy. Like, it's not actually, <laughs> they're not actually fighting. But like, that's the, it, it, it evoked that response for me where I'm just like watching their stances and like watching the way that they're throwing punches and like the strategy. And I'm just like, in my head, I'm like processing it like I'm watching an actual fight. So in that way, in that regard, it was, it was really well done. Everything, my favorite scene in the movie is the first sparring match that he has when he goes to the, the Front, Street, Front Street gym. And he meets the guys and everything like that. And then he, he fights this skinny dude. And he kind of gets a little bit more than he thought he would, right? Where they start like, you know, they're sparring and then they, they kind of get into it. And it's really like they're going at each other and it's really competitive and it's really, you know, they had just met each other and they were cool with each other. But then, you know, when you're in the ring and you're about to, you know, you're trying to, there's pride and there's ego and all this, you know, a lot of like bullshit macho stuff, but like, I just loved it. And I watching that sparring, I was just like, yeah, I'm like all in, in this movie. And that's parts like 40 minutes in, but I was, that was the moment where I was like, yeah, this is real. Like, I love this. And just like his training montages too. And this is going to get me to, to talk about the score because I wanted to get your opinion on the score. But like the training montages that he, there's two major training montages. The first one is right after that sparring match. And then the second one, there's like a five minute montage after Rocky's in the, in the hospital for cancer treatments. And he's like, when he's training to fight Conlon. And the, the score is just like so amazing. It's, you know, it echoes the Rocky score, the original score, where it's, you know, you know, that, yeah. that music cue is like drops in the Conlon fight. But the, the score is made by um, Ludwig Gorenson, who also scored Black Panther, um, a guy that went to film school with Ryan Coogler, so they collaborate a lot. Um, he won the Oscar for the score for Black Panther. He's worked with Donald Glover a lot, um, scored Community, which is my favorite TV show of all time. But the score in this movie is just like, it's one of my favorite scores ever. It's so, like, it's really brass heavy, a lot of, you know, trumpets, a lot of trombones, and really, it makes you feel like, again, like it, it kind of borrows a little bit from the, from the original Rocky themes, and it's just so uplifting and it, it gets you so hyped and I just love it. What did you think about the score listening to the, to it in this movie? 
I thought it was really good. That was, it was something I noticed again, not the first time I watched it, but watching it today when I was just listening and I'm like, wow, that this is really well done. Like the, the different, like the music in general, I'm just like, wow, like I can't believe I didn't pay attention to it before. Um, because it fits and it um I don't feel like and like this is me not seeing Rocky but me knowing that like a lot of movies have been rebooted or like there's a new version of it and the director tries to make it very similar to what the original was or like very different but in a way that makes no sense and I feel like Creed is probably different enough from Rocky, but like it has its own like flair. And I think that it comes out in the score also. Cause I mean, like yeah, everyone knows the, the Rocky song, like it's still used in like different marketing materials now, but um, I think it's good that it, it echoes that while also being its own thing and setting itself apart. I agree a hundred percent. It's like a modernized version of it. Yeah. And it's so, you know, it makes you feel like you're watching a boxing movie and, but there's these little, these little moments where his, his theme, you know, like, I don't want to sing it cause I'm horrible at singing, but it's like, I'm not going to do it, but it's like that, that theme, <laughs> is the, it's so like, it plays a little bit at the beginning when you first meet him as a young person, like on the piano in the beginning. And then just yeah. like, he's training and everything like that. There's like these little subtle moments and he's, there's like a lot of synthesizer that plays with it. Like kind of like you hear the, you hear the brass version of it, but then you hear it like kind of on piano and then on synths and stuff just to fit the different situations that he's in, in the movie. And it's just so good. I just love it. And it, it gets you hype when you're, I was on a bike ride last week and I listened to it and it's just, it's, it's incredible. It's it's to be out in general. So See, I've heard that you are going to be probably shadow boxing um, for a good while now. I'm just gonna—I I know realistically, like, there's no way I'm going to look like this dude looks in this movie because I just can't get like I don't have the body type to like get super buff like that, and I don't want to be super buff like that. But like, it's still like he's like super fit in the movie, and that's another thing. Like looking at some of the dudes that he's fighting, I'm like, look at him, and then look at y'all. Yeah. Like. <laughs> like so, that abs don't win boxing matches, but still, like, he looking was in a different shape than like the guys he was fighting. Like, like Conlon, I'm like, ah, uh, I feel like this guy. Like, we're not body shaming, but like, dude, like you would not. This guy would not look like this in real life. Yeah. He'd be like way more cut, like just because, like, of the nature of like what he is doing. Um. I I don't know. It's you can tell. Sorry, go no, ahead. I was just saying, like, there's that scene in the middle where before he before he fights Spirino, and his there's the jealous. You know, Spirino's uncle is like, or his uncle or his dad or whatever, who's his trainer, is kind of jealous that Rocky has come to train Creed. Yeah. And he's just like, he kind of initiates like asking him for a fight. And he's like, you know, how, how much do you weigh? 
And Michael B. Jones was like, oh, like 180. I'm like, 180, bro? <laughs> like, five. I was like, stop it. <laughs> Give me a break. It, when he talks about his weight, and then when they talk about when he, his arms are like shorter or like, they're yeah, they're shorter than Conlon's. And I'm like, well, he's like a lot smaller and they try to make him look a lot bigger than he is in the way like the camera, like the camera angles. But I'm like, some of the angles, I'm like, oh my gosh, like that's a very fair assessment. But he's probably still not 180. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. 180. Give me a break. Outrageous. I remember thinking that in the theater too. I was like, 180? Stop it. Give me a break. <laughs> that's one of my, that's one of my ridiculous, that's one of my one, like, if I could pick some issues with the movie, some flaws with the movies, that, I'm like, this guy said he was 180 pounds. Come on, bro. <laughs> You're like 220 at least. Yeah. Like, there's no way. Like. like physically impossible. Yeah. It's just, but those are like minor details that like most people aren't paying attention to. Just anyone who like, his lifted weights in their life. They're like, ah, that seems questionable. Unreal. It's Unreal. maybe when he doesn't like, when he's not being super fit for roles, he actually is. He's like, ah, oh, yes. When I'm not only eating raw eggs and chicken. Right. Maybe. I don't know. Ridiculous. <laughs> um, so you said that would be like your only complaint though, like of watching the movie. Yeah. I mean that. And then like we said earlier, we, we would have wanted more of Marianne. Oh yeah. Um, you know, that's the major one is like, I would have loved to see more of her in the movie. Cause she's just really great in it. That's the the biggest thing that I can think about. What about you? I don't think there's much I would change other than, yeah, more Marianne. It just, I feel it just does like it is all around 10 out of 10 great storyline great casting um and I I think like watching it now just being like oh this is just this is just a good movie to watch um there's not really like an agenda behind it um and it like ages but i feel like it ages well do you feel like it'll like in 10 years when you watch this movie will you still be like oh yeah this is fine for sure yeah it'll still be it'll hold up well not all of the rocky movies will <laughs> but um this is one that will 100 percent. so it just doesn't have and given the current climate in this economy um i think that it is it's less about like the actual story, I suppose, but like Ryan Coogler, a cast that's like mostly black. Yeah. Like leading it, like the significance of the film. Um, it's one that I'm like, man, this should be a movie that people are talking about. More. I mean, I know people talk about this movie, but um, just because it doesn't seem to like put anyone in like a particular box that can happen in Hollywood in terms of representation. And it helps with having the, the creator of the film, the director being black, I suppose. 
I think an underrated part of that, just going off of what you said, is like his ability to take this franchise into his own hands. Yeah. And convince Stallone to like act in this movie. And Stallone was nominated for an Oscar for this movie. I thought he should have won because he's incredible. He is. He's, he's, his acting is so great in this movie. And there's a tenderness to him. And there's a, you know, he's this aging kind of sad guy, but he's still, you know, he, he has a spark in him that, that, you know, Donnie finds and they need each other. Like Donnie needs him, but he needs Donnie. So, you know, the way that he acts and and portrays that on the screen is just phenomenal. And again, it's a testament to, to Kugler to show him this vision that he has for this version of the story because, you know, the last Rocky movie before this was Rocky Balboa, which came out in 2006, I think. I, I know I was in high school and I went to see that movie and that movie is, it's okay, but it's just like, it's so, you know, he fights in that movie. He fights um, Antonio Tarver. He plays, uh, Antonio Tarver is a, is a real life boxer. All, all the boxers in this movie are like real life guys. There's a, an Andre Ward cameo in the beginning. Andre Ward is a guy, a, a, another Bay Area guy who is a, a boxer who went undefeated, actually. Uh, I'm a big fan of his, but Antonio Tarver is in Rocky Balboa, which came out in 06, and, like, Antonio Tarver is, like, 30 years younger than Stallone, and Stallone, like, comes out of retirement as Rocky to, like, fight him or whatever. And it's just, I remember seeing, like, the movie is okay, but I'm just, like, this is so unrealistic. And, like, Stallone is, like, you can tell he's, like, taking a lot of steroids. He's like super jacked, but he's like 55. And it's just like kind of weird to, to see, but he, you know, in this movie, it's just so much more grounded and really mm-hmm. for him to play this guy who, you know, he mentions it. Like a lot of the people in his life have passed away and he's, you know, kind of wandering a bit. He's a bit aimless. And then Donnie gives him some direction and kind of reignites some stuff in him and, you know, challenges him in a way. So Shout out to Stallone for this and, and shout out to Kugler for developing such a good story to convince Stallone to kind of like hand him the reins in this way. I agree. I think it both players did a great job and mostly I'm just like thinking about Ryan Kugler and I'm like, man, to just like put this together and really breathe life into something that very easily could have been fumbled. It's very impressive. Um, do you have any final thoughts on Creed, your favorite movie? Yeah, everything is great. I'm going to go off and uh, do a little bit of shadow boxing, maybe do some push-ups. That's a lie. I'm not doing any push-ups. Um, I did start biking a couple weeks ago, so I need to, you know, kind of keep up with that. I just need some kind of physical activity during quarantine. But Shadow boxing uh, works. You don't have to have – you don't have to go into a gym. You could just do it. Exactly. And, you know, like – We'll check in every week to see how your progress is going with the shadow boxing. If you're going to be the next boxer of Iowa. There it is. Accountability. Accountability <laughs> partners. Um, yeah. Final thought, Kugler. Everything. Just he's, oh. he's the next Spielberg, in my opinion. He, so, so yeah. good. So he's, good. Do you want to tell him what our next movie is going to be? So our next movie will be Waiting to Exhale. Um very excited keeping on trend with black performances and movies so getting excited to talk about that one next week and 
this will be another like i don't think we've done any two movies that are super similar no we haven't so we've i'm looking at our list and there's kind of a pattern where the first one is malcolm x was the 90s and hidden figures was the last decade then bad boys 90s then create this decade and then now we're going back to the 90s Ooh, yeah I mean, the 90s and this decade, very good times for Black filmmaking. This is also the first one that neither of us has seen, I believe. Correct. This was a big 90s movie. Mom, I know you don't listen to this podcast, but on the off chance, you know, you are. (laughs) Next week, this one's for you. (laughs) I mean, like, to be fair, this movie came out when you said you were six? Yeah, 95, so I was six. Um, I was two. So, like, we we weren't watching this movie in the 90s, but it'll, it doesn't matter. It probably aged well because most movies have aged pretty well from the 90s. This one is just, like, the cast is just such a, you know, we have the late Wendy Houston. We have Angela Bassett, who we talked about in Malcolm X. Um, you know, I've, 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 I know I have a vague idea of what the movie's about just cause it's just like an iconic, like, you know, black movie or whatever, but I've never actually seen it. So I'm, I'm excited to, to dive into this one for next week. Well, that, that'll make it a very, that'll make it very different. I think in the discussion, because it'll be all new for both of us. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for that. It's definitely going to be, uh, this is uncharted territory for us. So I'm, I'm. I'm I'm guessing the the combo is going to be um pretty unique. Yeah. Excited for that. So, thank you all for listening. Uh we'll talk to y'all next week. We will see you then. Thank you.